You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. That all changes starting right here and right now.
Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. You are tuned in to the His Hardline Podcast, where we ignite independent and accurate thought, break the chains and shackles of mental bondage, challenge societal norms, and traverse through the timeless teachings of our Heavenly Father. Join us as we liberate minds and embrace the power of the Great Awakening while embracing true sovereignty. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high, and he's at the helm behind the wheel in that captain's chair, and he's steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters in this storm that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today's reading will be out of the book of Matthew chapter 16, and today's show title is called Expect Progress, Not Perfection. Daily disclaimer, please be advised that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, which means do not take your legal advice from me. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official base or voice of the National State or County Assembly. And I do not endorse or advocate for violence unless it is in self-defense of me and my family. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational and entertainment purposes only. Hee-haw. So, where did the idea of a ball dropping on New Year's Eve to ring in the New Year actually come from and why? Anybody ever ask that question? Where did that come from? I was thinking about that today over breakfast because after my wife and daughter and my mom, we all went to church today and we went out to breakfast and I was thinking about that. I'm like, where did the idea of a ball dropping come from? You ever wonder that? So I did a little research. And so I am going to be very happy to tell you where it came from, at least in the little bit of research I did. Now, I always encourage everybody to do your own research, of course. But before I get into that, remember, if you want to find, you know, where we're at on social media, YouTube, 
Telegram, True Social. You can find all that, all the links on www.hisheartline.com. That's www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know how to get involved with your state or county assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. Okay, so where did the idea of a ball dropping on New Year's Eve actually come from? So just in the quick little bit of research that I did earlier, this is kind of interesting because obviously today is December 31st, 2023, New New Year's Eve. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, where did that come from? Now, from what I looked up, the tradition of the ball drop in Times Square began in 1907. Did you know that? It began in 1907 with the construction of the New Year's Eve ball by a young immigrant. Okay. It was a young immigrant metal worker named Jacob Starr. And the idea was proposed by someone by the name of Adolf uh, Ox or Oaks. I can't, it's spelt O-C-H-S. Adolf Ox, which was the owner at that time of the New York Times which we all know as today fake news. Um, but as a, at the time, it was known as a way to celebrate the grand opening of the newspaper's uh, new headquarters in Times Square. Now, the concept was inspired by the time balls used in maritime navigation. And time balls were large spheres that were dropped at a precise time each day to help ships at sea synchronize their chronometers. Or chronometers. Now, Oaks or Ox envisioned a similar concept, but adapted it for New Year's Eve, with the ball descending down a pole atop the Time Times Tower to mark the passage of time and signal the arrival of the new year. Now, on December thirty first, nineteen o seven, thousands of people gathered in Times Square to witness the inaugural ball drop, and since then. It has become an iconic annual event, drawing in crowns from all around the world. And the ball itself has undergone several redesigns over the year, incorporating new technologies and materials while maintaining its symbolic role in, um, you know, basically uh, ushering in the new year. Now, while we're kind of obviously on that topic of, um, New Year's, okay, considering the day that it is, um, I was also wondering, well, where did the idea of a New Year's resolution come from? Again, these are questions we all have to ask and ask of, you know, where the origins came from. Now, again, this is just quick five minute research. This wasn't something I spent hours on end, but these were questions that I just thought about earlier. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do some quick research and kind of, you know, see what I can find. So this is what I found. Now, there may or may not be more to it, but this is what I have found. Again, I always encourage all of you to do your own research because, again, you know, um, that's what we're meant to do. Okay, we have gotten into the you know the place that we're at in this country because we just taken the word of so many people that we thought we could trust, and we never really questioned the narrative. We never really went further into the uh, rabbit hole, if you will, of discovery and asked these questions and seek out these answers. So, again, where did the New Year's resolution come from? So, from what I researched, the tradition of a New Year's resolution 
can be traced, get this, all the way back to ancient Babylonian times around 4,000 years ago or so. Now, the Babylonians, okay, celebrated the new year in March. Now, I'm going to say that again. Now, this is interesting because let me tell you where I got this information from. And I know some people may be like, oh, I can't believe you use that. So I just put it in the chat GBT because again, I use jet chat GBT as if it was like another Google. It's another source that I always ask just because I'm curious, what's it going to pull up versus Google? And this is what the chat GBT put out. The Babylonians celebrated the new year in March. Uh-huh. In March with a festival called Akitu, spelled A-K-I-T-U, Akitu or Akito or whatever. And during this time, they made promises to the gods, little g, gods, also plural, to pay their debts and return borrowed objects, aiming to start the year on a clean slate. Ain't that interesting? And it continued to say, the concept evolved over time, and Romans made promises to Janus, which I'm assuming is a type of god, but Janus, the god of beginnings, during their New Year celebrations in March. Now, this practice eventually shifted to January when Julius Caesar established January 1st as the start of the new year in 46 BC. Hence, I would imagine because of the Julian calendar. But Janus, depicted with two faces, looked into the past and future, symbolized reflection on the past year and the aspirations for the future. Now, throughout history, various cultures, this is, again, this is still the answer that I looked up here. It says, throughout history, various cultures and religions adapted similar traditions of making promises or commitments at the start of the new year as a way to improve oneself or one's life. Now, today, the idea of New Year's resolutions remains in a very popular tradition worldwide where people set personal goals or resolutions for self-improvement as they welcome the new year. Now, I find that very interesting. So a New Year's resolution. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. Now, I do not feel bad not making a resolution considering it started as a Babylonian tradition. And we don't want to follow Babylon, do we? We do not want to follow Babylon. I know I don't want to follow Babylon. But I find that very interesting how this was derived from a Babylonian tradition of a New Year's resolution. Now, get this. So while we're on the topic of New Year's resolutions, here's a couple numbers for you. Now, the success rate of a New Year's resolution, it varies widely, of course, but studies suggest that around 40 to 50% of people make New Year's resolutions each year. And so the percentage of those people who successfully maintain their resolutions throughout the year tend to be much lower. Now, according to research, the success rate of New Year's resolutions can be as low as 8% to 12%, and many factors contribute to this low success rate, including setting unrealistic goals, lacking a specific plan. That's usually the biggest one, too, right? You can't just make a goal and not have a plan to attain that goal. Uh, but also not tracking progress. And see, that's a big thing. If you're going to maintain a plan uh, to reach a goal, you have to track the progress. Setting too many resolutions also at once can be a big hindrance or losing motivation over time, typically within like the first three to four or five weeks, 
right? Now, as someone like myself and my wife, we used to be in the gym industry. I used to sell gym memberships and used to do marketing campaigns. That's actually how I met my wife at the, her local YMCA here in, uh, you know, in, in West Michigan. And we saw, I saw it all the time. New Year's would come along. Everybody would just be jam-packed. That's where I would make most of my money, right? And then like it would fizzle off right around like March. People would be like, all right, I'm done, right? If they made it two months, they would start dropping off. And then all of a sudden, it would be right back to normal again, right? But in the first month, it would always be stupid slammed busy. Why? Because everybody's motivated. But see, motivation is a very short-lived thing. It's inspiration that lasts longer. Are you going to be inspired? Are you going to be set in fire and stay on fire? See, common resolutions like exercising, exercising more for some, uh, eating healthier. Uh, what's another resolution? Saving money, right? Or quitting smoking. That's another famous one that people always make. That's another resolution that people always make, right? Quit smoking. Um. Uh, what else is there? So all those resolutions, they, they often face challenges in long-term adherence. Now, on the flip side of that, though, those who approach resolutions with specific achievable goals and a clear plan, uh, those are the people that tend to have a better chance of success. See, there is a saying that I always heard uh, in the health industry. You, if you fail to plan or if you plan to, if you fail to plan, then plan to fail. If you fail to plan, plan to fail. Because again, despite those difficulties, people that set resolutions can still be, you know, setting resolutions, I should say, can still be valuable as it encourages, you know, reflection. Um, it encourages self-improvement, right? It helps with the practice of goal setting. And even if they're not always fully achieved, hence why I call this show, expect progress, not perfection, because we're not going to be perfect in our, in our attainment of reaching all of our goals. Now, my hope is we would attain at least half of them or most of them, right? But the key often lies in realistic goal setting, create a realistic goal. Don't just say by the uh, year 2025, I expect to be a multimillionaire and really all you're doing is making $40,000 a year. All right. Um, unless you are like a, a brilliant inventor who has patents that you know you can make a ton of money or you win the lottery by some you know grace of God, I don't think that's going to be a real realistic goal. Now, if you said in five years, my goal is to be a multimillionaire, that's a little bit more achievable because five years, you can do a lot in five years. But to say I'm going to be a multimillionaire, I would happen to guess that, you know, by and large, 99.9%, you're probably not going to have that happen. But I could be wrong. There's people out there that are movers and shakers and probably could achieve that goal. But the key, again, the key lies in making a realistic goal and realistic commitments and find effective ways to stay motivated and inspired more importantly. And here's the other thing people forget, remain accountable throughout the year. See, that's the hardest part. Nobody knows how to stay accountable to themselves. See, we want people to be accountable to us, right? But we, as a race, we have a hard time holding ourselves accountable to ourselves. I want to play this um, this uh, audio piece. I believe it's from uh, Dr. Gary Brecka. Okay, 
He talks about how hard healthy eating is. Listen to this, about a minute long, but important to hear. Being healthy isn't easy. It's, it's, it's something that you have to commit to. Go see your doctor and see what your doctor tells you. They either want to put you on pills or they want to sell you something else. I'm off all this stuff. I've never felt better in my life. And this is why I do this. Yeah, no, and I, I, and I can't appreciate it more. And this is like a message that really needs to get out there. Cardiovascular disease kills more people than morbid obesity, diabetes, and, and cancer combined. And, and it is preventable. How has your daily routine changed? You know, right. I do the superhuman protocol. I take my, 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 my supplements. I work out every day. I do a whole different workout regimen than I used to. Because obviously I'm yeah. way better and, and a lot more fit than I used to be. And I, 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 I take my health seriously. You know, when I yeah. was younger, I was young. I didn't care. I could overcome a lot of stuff. But as you start to get older, it catches up with you. Yeah, the brain fog. You were actually kind of a beast. I mean, you were, yeah. you were big. You were muscular. Yep. I'm, I'm not out to be big and muscular anymore. I, I literally do uh, light weights, all for reps, and I superset everything. I mean, my workout is much better. Trying not to get injured. Than it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's about, again, it, it, it's, it's a commitment. It's a lifestyle change. It's not just saying, oh, I'm going to go on a diet. Diet is such a stupid word. It is such a stupid word. Okay, when, when, when we talk about venturing on to uh, living a more healthier lifestyle, you have to set it in your mind. And it's a programming thing. You have to remind yourself on a daily basis, okay, that this is a lifestyle change, not a diet. Diets are oftentimes temporary and, again, oftentimes lead to failure for most people because people, again, set unrealistic goals and they, you know, they don't, they don't give themselves enough grace. Now, I'm not, don't, now, don't mistake grace for an excuse to stop, all right? But you know, ultimately we're supposed to be just eating real food. Okay. Forget diets, forget Atkins, forget keto. It's just about eating real food, keeping out, you know, uh, processed sugars out of your diet. And if you're going to eat, you know, consume something that has sugar, at least let it be organic cane sugar. Okay. Something that's natural or like something that's derived from like, a, I don't know, like a, um, um, a maple syrup, right? Because sometimes I'll use maple syrup or honey, depending on what I'm cooking. Like if I'm making chicken and I'm trying to get a little sweet flavor in there, I'll put a little bit of like maple syrup in there, right? But stay away from like the the refined sugars and the, and the crap that's processed, processed meat, hot dogs, uh, you know, pizza, you know, all that crap that is ultimately going to clog up our system and drag us down. All right. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I am the beacon of good health because trust me, this is one of the reasons why I plan on, um, like I said, starting tomorrow. So this is going to me. I wanted to make sure I did one last podcast before the end of the year. That's why I'm doing this at three, because later on, we're going to have family time. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to have the in-laws over. And we're just going to have good family time. So I wanted to do this now rather than seven o'clock. But, um, and besides, I'm sure a lot of you are probably going to be already plan, you know, having plans on doing other things, maybe, maybe going out to eat. I don't know. Maybe this is just another day for you and you don't care about New Year's. That's how I look at it. This is just another day to me because until, you know, I get the real truth on what calendar we're actually supposed to be on and when our actually New Year's is, I mean, cause it's, there's, there's, you know, there's some stories out there that New Year's Eve, uh, or New Year's was celebrated in many countries around the world for, for many, 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 many centuries, uh, April 1st. So I don't know until the real truth comes out. I'm just kind of day by day living my life. That's it. Right. Focus on the family, focus on God and focus on eating and living a healthier lifestyle. Right. 
And so until that comes out, we're just, you know, whatever. So anyways, but I wanted to do this podcast now. So this way um, it's um, it's out there for those who want something to listen to later. And like I said, going into January, I'm going to be taking 30 days off, uh, maybe a little longer, depending on when I get back, but at least 30 or 31 days. I don't even know how many days are in January. What is it? 30 days. I think there's 31 days in January, right? Let me look at the calendar. I don't even know. Um, but, but, but I know it's 31 days this month, obviously. Yeah. 31 in January. Okay. So when I get back, I'm going to be off the podcast for sure. All the way to the 31st. Um, and I'll possibly be back on February 1st. Okay. Depending just depends. Okay. Um, but I'm going to be doing a 30 days. I'm, you know, I'm going to be staying away from the TV. I'm going to be staying off of Netflix pure flicks okay mostly pure flicks because that's what we like all right uh netflix we just borrowed the, the uh, account password for my mom and my stepdad but i'm going to be deleting the app of netflix i'm going to be de- deleting prime off my phone i'm going to delete pure flicks i'm deleting all that all right i'm bringing my bible bringing my journal i'm bringing a couple other books and all i'm going to do is reflect read journal um and pray And I'm going to, in the middle of this 30 days, 31 days in January, um, again, this is not even a resolution. This was something that I already had planned on doing. I want to reset my life, reset my mind, reset my immune system, because in the middle of this 31 days of kind of having my own little sabbatical, if you will, I'm also going to be doing a 72 to 86 hour fast. And so what I'm going to be doing is starting today, I'm actually going to write all the things that I have that are bad habits, things that I have kind of been struggling with, like, you know, picking at my cuticles, uh, still saying some bad words, um, enjoying, you know, hard ciders, right? Alcohol, uh, here and there, um, different things like that. Like I'm going to write a list of things that I have struggled with still. Okay. And what I have accomplished so far, like dropping the terrible, terrible, disgusting habit of, of viewing pornography back in the day. Right. Um, and, and smoking marijuana, right? Like on, obviously I'm a truck driver, can't smoke marijuana cause I have random drug tests, but even if I didn't have random drug tests, that would be a no go for me. Okay. Cause I like to have a clear mind. So I'm going to also write another list of all of my successes right? All my successes, the things I'm still struggling with, but then I'm also, I got to remember the successes that I've had. Cause again, we're not uh, uh, what I heard from today at church. We, and this is where I got the show title from, as a matter of fact, was from church, expect progress, not perfection. Because while we may fail in some other things, as long as progress is being made, that's good. Our pastor today was talking about how, like, take a baby, for example, right? When you see a baby celebrate, uh, make its first steps, right? One, two steps. You're like, hey, good job, right? Good job. He Look, did you see what she did? She took two steps, but then fell down, right? But you're focused on the progress. Wow, she stood up. Wow, she took two steps. And then next thing you know it, you're celebrating that them taking seven steps, right? And before you know it, they're running all over the house and you can't even keep up with them. But they're still going to fall, right? They're still going to fall. So obviously it's not perfect, but it's progress. And so that's what I plan on doing. What do I struggle with yet? Right. And what progress have I made? What have I achieved? And so I would encourage, and that's kind of how I'm approaching this new year. What have I achieved and what have I been successful with, but what am I still struggling with? Well, I still sometimes deal with the anxiety of, 
Sometimes I feel like we spend too much once in a while. Now, I still believe that Satan trying to get in my head because he knows because I've beat porn, right? He knows that that's the other thing he can get at me with. S food, right? Because I struggle with sweet a sweet tooth and the budget. So he tries to get at me like that, okay? And so that's what I'm kind of approaching this new year with. Like, okay, what can I hand over to God that he can, I can rest all these burdens and all these things that I've struggled with. What can I hand over and put on God's shoulders in, in 2024? And so that's what I'm going to do. And then starting day one tomorrow, I'm going to start tracking my progress. What have I been doing? I'm going to weigh myself, of course, so I can track that progress. I'm going to journal everything that I eat. I'm going to journal my moods. I'm going to journal what I've been thinking. I'm going to journal, you know, everything. And like I said, and then when I get, uh, I'm really excited when I get to my 72 to, you know, 86 hour period when I do the fasting, but that's going to be about week two or week three into January. So I'm really excited for that. And then, um, like I said, my goal is to revamp this show a little bit, not too much to where it, it where it's at now, but just revamp a little bit and start off fresh coming out of the gate in February. So I really hope, and that's one of the things that my church is doing too. They're going to be doing a 21 days of fasting. Now, I don't know what that means for them. I don't know if that means like 12 hours for them, but like when I say 72 hours, I'm talking like three days, three and a half days of not eating a single thing except drinking water with electrolytes and bone broth. That's it. Like that's it. So anyways, but uh, we're going to continue this conversation on the other side. Let's get into Matthew chapter 16, uh, where we get into the Pharisees and Sadducees were asked to seek a sign. So again, reading out of the New King James Version Bible, chapter 1. Um, and then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him and asked him, or asked that uh, he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the, the, of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea or Caesarea, Philippi, he asked, and I probably botched that, sorry about that, but he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, 
or one of the prophets? Now he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now we get into the second, uh, the next part of this reading where Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. So verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things for the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And that is the reading of Matthew chapter 16. That's a good chapter. Now, as we kind of reflect over this passage, it strikes me how Jesus challenged the Pharisees and Sadducees about seeking a sign. And this should actually serve as a reminder to us about proper discernment. And the essence of faith lies not in seeking constant confirmations, but in recognizing the signs already present in our lives. See, a lot of people don't even realize this. We already have signs right there in front of us. But the, the, the question is, do you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear? Are you awake to see and hear these signs that are already right there in front of us? So consider the disciples forgetting bread in this next part, right? And then Jesus warned them about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, it wasn't about the bread in their hands, but the teachings that they absorbed, cautioning against the influence of misguided beliefs. Wait, what? Yes, let me repeat that. It wasn't about the bread in their hands. Jesus wasn't talking about the bread. What he was saying is, you need to watch out about who influences you with misguided beliefs. Fake news. Watch out for the fake news people. They're going to try to mislead you with misguided beliefs, right? Man-made traditions that aren't structured under God's commandments or anywhere in the Bible for that matter. And remember, there was no Bible back then. 
There was no Bible back then. The word of God was with Christ. Now, Peter's confessions highlights the pivotal question that Jesus asked all of us. Who do you say that I am? We've all heard that question. Who do you say that I am? See, because this question, it's not just about recognizing Jesus's identity, but it's about acknowledging the revelation of his divinity, a truth that's not revealed by human wisdom alone. And so the exchange between Jesus and Peter about his impending suffering and death teaches us about the selflessness and the paradox of losing to gain, right? Embracing the cross, not just as a symbol, but as a way of life. Again, a lifestyle. Just like if you were going to eat healthy, following Christ is not something you do once in a while or for a season and then you drop it. You don't just follow Christ for a few months and be like, okay, I had enough Jesus. I think I'm good. Just like eating healthy. I think I've eaten enough salads and chicken and real food. I think I'm going to go back to eating pizza subs and brownies. No, it's a way of life, folks. And this should emphasize the essence of sacrifice and dedication to follow Christ. Again, we may not be perfect in this journey, but we have to at least make progress. Now, Jesus' prophecy about his death and resurrection unveils the depth of God's plan, which often contradicts human expectations. And so ultimately, it's a call for us to trust in his divine wisdom, even when our understanding fails. Trust in him even when we can't understand what the heck is going on. So overall, this passage invites us to introspect. Are we chasing signs instead of recognizing the ones that are already present? Are we influenced by misguided teachings, neglecting the profound truths that already exist? Are we willing to embrace the selflessness of taking up our cross and following Him, even when the path seems uncertain? See, in the end, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus promises the reward for our faithfulness. It's a promise he made to us. And you know, if Jesus is going to make a promise, I'm going to bet my house and everything that I hold dear that Jesus is going to fulfill that. Again, it's a reminder that our actions have consequences and that our dedication to following him will not go unnoticed. But what we need to do is not seek signs. Don't seek out signs, but find the courage to heed the signs that are already within us and walk faithfully in his footsteps. Can you, can we get an amen on that? Stop seeking the signs, but look and walk faithfully in the signs that are, you know, within the signs that are already within us. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a short little quick break. I'm going to get a sip of water. I just need to go get my water bottle, which I forgot to bring. So this might take a little longer than 30 seconds, but I will be right back. And then we'll continue on the other side of the show where we talk about expect progress, not perfection. All right. Be right back.
All right, I got my water. So I have a little girl here who wants to say Happy New Year to all of you. Go ahead, baby. Happy New Year, everybody. Anything else you want to say? I just hope you all have a great New Year and wherever you're at in the world. That's right. Good job. All right, shut the door. <laughs> my little jelly bean. That's my little jelly bean. All right. Ah, I tell you, I tell you. It's going to be a good new year. I have a good feeling it's going to be a good year. Is it just me or any year that has an odd number in it, like 2013, 2015, 2023? Seemed to be kind of crappy. I don't know. Actually, that, that's not all entirely true. <laughs> 2020, even though that was an even number, that kind of sucked. That year sucked. That must be the only year that didn't have an odd number that actually sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to take another drink of water real quick. <sighs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I love my lemon water. It's a good binder when you're taking ivermectin. You got to have lemon water in you. Okay, so like I was saying in church today, uh, the church that we go to, um, our pastor discussed the narrative of a guy named Hernan Cortez. Hernan Cortez. And so uh, my pastor, again, was talking about how Hernan Cortez embarked on a, on a um, how do I want to say it? He embarked on an expedition. I'm trying to remember the story. He embarked on an expedition to Mexico in 1519. And he became he became a powerful um, analogy uh, for releasing the past in, in what my pastor was talking about. He became an analogy for releasing the past and moving forward, which again is akin to the approach towards, you know, New Year's resolutions that people like to make, right? Now, the tension arises from our innate inclination to cling to familiar habits, uh, familiar regrets, or an outdated lifestyle, which basically ultimately hinders our progress in life, right? Now, despite the new year symbolizing new beginnings, again, here's some statistics that highlight quick dissipation of resolutions. Roughly a mere 9% endure throughout the year despite ambitious goals such as exercising more, right? Only 9%. And the call to be different urges a departure from this norm, which is a sentiment that echoed in the teachings of Philippians uh, chapter 3 when he was discussing it. And so its core essence lies in the understanding that, you know, gripping tightly to the past it's going to obstruct the ability uh, to embrace the future full on, right? And so what he was discussing was that this principle holds significance across various facets of life. So the crux of the message underscores the necessity of letting go, right? Can you let go? See, progress often demands shedding the weight of bygone experiences. Now, whether pursuing personal growth or, you know, career aspirations, health objectives, uh, or spiritual evolution, success often requires severing ties with hindrances from the past. 
And so the analogy of burning the ships symbolizes an unwavering commitment um, to forward motion, right? Because let me just read this. For, let me just find this real quick. So let me go to this real quick. Let me just look up the notes because I, I have his show notes that uh, or his uh, I guess you could call it uh, homily notes. So this is what it says. All right. Let me just read it to you. So on February 19th, 15, uh, 1519, the Spanish explorer Hernan Cortez set sail for Mexico with an entourage of 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, 553 soldiers. Now, the indigenous population upon his arrival was approximately 5 million. Now, from a purely mathematical standpoint, <clears throat> the, ads, the odds were stacked against him. Now, what Cortez is reported to have done after landing is an epic tale. He issued an order that turned his mission into an all or nothing proposition to which he said, burn the ships. So as his crew watched their fleet of ships burn and sink, they came to terms with the fact that retreat was not an option, not an option. Wow. And if you can compartmentalize the moral issues of colonization, there is a lesson to be learned here. Nine times out of 10, failure is resorting to plan B. And that is so true, right? So nine times out of 10, failure is resorting to plan B where plan, when plan A gets too risky, too costly, or too uncomfortable. And that is why most people are living their plan B. They didn't burn the ships. Now, this is very interesting. Because again, the analogy of burning the ship symbolizes an unwavering commitment to forward motion. A, resolution, a resolute decision to not even be able to have the ability to revert to the familiar, but instead push bravely into uncharted territories. Again, all or nothing. And the key lies in welcoming change and understanding that letting go isn't a sign of weakness, but a prerequisite for growth. I tell you, my pastor, Pastor Apollo, what an outstanding man. He came from a Kansas uh, big mega church. This guy's outstanding. His family is just awesome. He's got four kids. I mean, he's just, uh, he's been a blessing to this church and honestly to this community to, and to the state of Michigan as a whole. But basically what he was getting at is that in this message, right? The deeper message was about embracing discomfort and uncertainty. It was an acknowledgement that the journey towards a better future often commences by relinquishing the comfortable, uh, habitual and safe, you know, that's, that's looked at as safe and thereby, uh, stepping boldly into new horizons, unburdened by the weight of history. Now, as we again, stand on the brink of a new year, I want to say it's very crucial to reflect on a profound awakening that has been stirring within us. Okay, as we proceed forward into 2024. So regardless of the forces behind it, this awakening has led many to question and to seek truth and to find strength and solidarity, right? 
a lot of times we are we have been still looking behind us wondering when are we going to get back to normal when are we going to get back to normal well i'll get news for you burn those ships okay stop looking behind you move forward god wants us to move forward and as we have continued to move forward i think we have witnessed a very profound shift and a recognition of the veils that clouded our perception and a desire to break free from the shackles of misinformation and control. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. And in the middle of this chaos and the turbulence, finding peace and solace and guiding, you know, guidance in our, you know, in our Father in heaven is very paramount. It's a time to fortify our connection not just with God, but also to seek his wisdom, courage, and the inner peace that transcends all challenges. And when we move forward again, it's about moving forward, not in perfection, but with forward progress. Because the road ahead in 2024 might seem uncertain to a lot of people. And yes, it might look like we're, we're going to have some turbulence looming on the horizon. But in the middle of this uncertainty lies an opportunity. Well, Jason, what opportunity are you talking about? Well, it's an opportunity for each of us to step into our power, to reclaim our sovereignty, and to steer the course of our collective destiny. And if we're going to reclaim our sovereignty, we have to be definitive in our goals and what we want to achieve. And and we have to lay all the things that we've struggled in, right? Like for me personally, it's like picking my nails, picking my cuticles, right? Saying the occasional bad word and being parroted by my daughter, right? Eating junk food once in a while when I just, you know, feel like I just want to, you know, stress eat, right? Lay those burdens on God and move forward and have him help you. Let him just trust in him that he will help you get out of that to be able to step into a better lifestyle. Because again, a lifestyle is permanent. Now, I'll say this, because the future seems to be very bleak for some people, right? People just are losing their collective minds because they're like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like, I have no idea. Like, there's so much turmoil. There's so much stuff going on around the world. There's so much stuff going on in D.C. There's so much stuff going on in my community. There's so much stuff going on in my marriage or this or that, right? There's so much stuff going on everywhere. That's why I say just trust in Jesus because he's at the helm steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters in this storm that we call life. But you trust in Christ that he's going to steer our life in the proper way. Guess what? We have no fear. Fear not. Remember, not only Jesus is at the helm, but Jesus also has the power to get off that boat and stand on top of those waters and tell the storm, be still. And the waters and the wind quiet down. That's the power of Christ. Now, while I can't predict the specifics of what's to come, here's what I'll say. Urge, I urge you to anchor yourselves in self-mastery over yourself, right? Anchor yourselves in knowledge, self-education. Discover your higher purpose. Embrace the power of knowledge. Educate yourself. Question the narratives and always seek truth from multiple sources as you can. 
Because again, now I will just say this, it doesn't end there. It's not about just self-education. Here's the second part of it, okay? Application. Action is key because it, you, what you need to do is you need to engage in your communities. You need to engage in your, you know, join your assemblies, right? Your general general assemblies. If if you're about, get, you know, getting involved with your, uh, you know, de jure government, right? Uh, getting power back into the hands of the people so we can return back to sovereignty. And again, stand up against any form of tyranny or oppression that we've been dealing with in this country. See, our collective strength, remember, ladies and gentlemen, our collective strength lies in unity, in our ability to come together as a force for positive change. And so as we press forward into the unknown terrain of this upcoming year going forward, we need, we need to not overlook the most powerful source of strength. Well, what, well, what is that, Jason? What's the most powerful source of strength. Well, it's our faith. It's our faith. It's about embracing the teachings of Jesus, embodying love, compassion, and forgiveness in our actions, and allow our faith to illuminate the path forward. For in times of adversity, it's in our unwavering faith that sustains us and propels us forward to a brighter tomorrow. Now, in the middle of all this chaos, we don't need to be losing sight of what truly matters. And what truly matters is family, faith, and serving others. Serving others. Serving others. Jason, I heard you. You said it three times now. Yes, serve others. Serve God, serve your family, serve others. Don't serve yourself, serve others, because that's what Jesus did. You need to remember, each day is a gift. It's an opportunity to make a difference, to be a beacon of hope and positivity in an ever-evolving world. So as we move forward on this journey ahead, let's do so with intention, with a steadfast commitment to truth and a commitment to justice and the values that bind us together. And so I say, let's pave a way for a future where wisdom, integrity, and compassion prevail. Because the challenges may be great, but so is our capacity to overcome them together. And remember, you have more power in you than you even realize. So as you move forward in this new year, to a more self-improved you. Forget about your past failures. Forget about what you didn't commit to. Reprogram your mind. This is a lifestyle change. God gave us these body temples, and he expects us to take good care of them. Don't do it for yourself. Don't do it because you just want to lose a few pounds. Do it because it would be a way of honoring God. Do it because it's honoring God. So anyway, so with that, that is all I have for this last podcast of 2023. Like I said, starting tomorrow, going for the next 31 days, I will be absent from the podcast because I'm going to be 
focusing on more important things, resetting my life, resetting my mind, resetting my spirit, my immune system with the fasting. I'll hope to God I have success on that. So pray for me on that, folks, and I will be sure to pray for all of you for whatever challenges and uh, lifestyle changes you plan on making. Again, forget the resolution, folks. Resolutions are easily broken and forgotten. Uh, It's a lifestyle change. Okay, so while I hope you all pray for me and my success here, I will pray for all of you in whatever changes, permanent changes you are looking to make. Now, remember the lesson here. It is don't, don't, don't seek perfection, guys. Because as somebody like myself, who has always been a perfectionist in most of my life, I have had to learn how to stop seeking perfection. There's only one perfect person that's ever walked this earth. That was Jesus. That's it. So expect progress, not perfection. If you fall short and fail, get back up. Don't just throw in the towel. If, 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 if our kids, when they were babies, right, when they were little and they were starting to learn how to walk, if they just threw in a towel and just decided, oh, I'm done walking, I'm not, I'm not going to walk anymore because after falling down 8, 9, 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 times, what if your, your babies, when they were little, just threw in a towel and said, I'm done walking. I've fallen way too many times. It hurts. I've fallen into the table. I've cut my head. I'm done. I'm done. Obviously, they're not going to talk, but what if they thought that and then they just gave up on trying to learn to walk? That's the same thing here. If you slipped up because you had a stressful day and you snucking a bowl of ice cream after like day 23 of being away from garbage food and you had a slip up and you just had a weak moment and you got a bowl of ice cream, don't look at that as an instant failure and that you have to throw in a towel. Just be like, crap, I've messed up. God, forgive me. Uh, and, and throw the rest of that ice cream away. Throw the rest of that ice cream away in the trash. Let it melt. Dump it down the garbage drain. Whatever you got to do. And continue pressing forward. Progress. Not perfection. You're not going to be perfect. But at least make forward movement in a be- for the better. So. With that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we stand on the threshold of a new year, we feel the stirring of an unwakening within us. And we ask that you grant us the wisdom to seek truth, the courage to question, and the strength to find solidarity in our journey. And in the face of uncertainty and turbulence, we seek solace and guidance in your divine presence. Strengthen our connection with you. Grant us inner peace that surpasses all challenges and guide us on the path of righteousness. Now we acknowledge the opportunities within the uncertainties of the upcoming year. Now grant us the power to step into our own sovereignty and to steer our collective destiny towards unity, peace, and justice. And may the pursuit of knowledge be our guiding light. Help us educate ourselves, question falsehoods, and seek truth from diverse sources. Empower us to take action to stand against oppression and to unite as a force for positive change. Yet in the middle of our actions and endeavors, remind us of the importance of faith and may the teachings of Christ be be our beacon, guiding us to embody love 
compassion and forgiveness in all our deeds. In this journey ahead, let us not forget the significance of family, faith, and service to others. Each day is a gift, a chance to make a positive difference in this evolving world. Grant us the resolve to move forward with intention, committed to truth, justice, and the values that bind us. And may our collective efforts pave the way for a future where freedom, integrity, and compassion reign. And we pray all these things for the strength and guidance and unity. As we embark on this journey, we pray all these things in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I have one last audio I'm going to play, then a song that I found with a guy that I really enjoy listening to um, on TikTok once in a while. And that's another thing I'm going to be giving up is TikTok, 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 TikTok. It's a big waste of time. It's funny. I just got my mom addicted to TikTok. We, like, we were watching stupid animal videos yesterday. <laughs> we, see, I love stupid animal videos, especially cats that beat the crap out of each other. I don't know why. Those are funny. And you'd be amazed how many videos there are out there of people farting in their pet's face. Can you imagine? Like, there are so many people that have videos on TikTok. I'm not even kidding. Where they're farting in their pet's face. I was, I was fine. Oh my God. Wait, uh, wait, Oscar has nine cats. Holy crap. <laughs> you really have nine cats. Holy crap. Really? Is that fake news or is that truth? I got to know. Oscar, give us the truth. He says it's, she says it's true. He says, Hey, Liz, let the cat out of the back. <laughs> Oscar, have you ever tooted in your, and a dog? So he's got a total of 10 pets. Have, okay. Have you ever tooted in your pet's face to get an, a reaction out of them? Like that sounds absolutely benign and messed up on like 80 different levels. Oh my gosh. Michelle has fun cat chat, Snapchat. He says not intentionally, but yeah. <laughs> that is freaking great. Oh my gosh. So anyways, but yeah, we got my mom hooked on uh TikTok because we kept showing her all these funny videos and she's like, "Oh my god, I need to get on TikTok." So now she's on TikTok. And she's like, "Oh boy." She goes, "I could see where TikTok can be a dangerous thing." But you know what? She was laughing hysterically, which laughter is good for the soul, right? So anyways, but uh so anyways, I want to play this one last audio of the new year or of the old year. And like I said, I will be back in February, February 1st, and I will let you know of all my progress. And every once in a while, I might do like a YouTube video to share on Telegram. It's going to be very, very little. I'm not, again, it's, if I do a video, it's going to be something that's going to be more on like the progress and like things like that. And just checking in with you guys and hoping everybody's doing good. But overall, it's going to be a complete, I'm not even looking at news. I'm not listening to podcasts. The only thing I'm going to be doing is reading, listening to um, audiobooks listening to the Bible when I'm driving, because obviously I can't read. I'm going to be reading the Bible, journaling. So again, pray for me that I stay disciplined because I have to do this. This has to be something I need to do. Um, so anyways, I hope you all have an absolute excellent new year. I'm going to play this last audio. And then I have a song that I'm going to play from this guy named Connor Price on TikTok. He is just awesome. He's made something out of himself from nothing and he is a great music producer and he does absolute phenomenal video um 
compilations. He's just a very talented artist and he's done it all through the fruits of his own labor. He did not do it on anybody else's help, but except his own and the gifts and talents that God gave him. And so I actually really think he's a great guy um, and a great talented artist. So I'm going to play this last audio and then a song from Connor Price called um, Transsetter. Transsetter. So God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year. Remember, expect progress, not perfection. And also remember, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. God to take away my habit. God said, no, it's not for me to take away, but for you to give it up. I asked God to grant me patience. God said, no, patience is a byproduct of tribulations. It isn't granted, it is learned. I asked God to spare me pain. God said, no, suffering draws you apart from worldly cares and brings you closer to me. I asked God to give me happiness. God said, no, I give you blessings. Happiness is up to you. I asked God for all things that I might enjoy in life. God said, no, I will give you life so that you may enjoy all things. I asked God to help me love others as much as he loves me. God said, ah, finally, you get the idea, my child. Comment amen if you agree and send this to the first person God puts on your mind. God bless. Yeah, trendsetter, whoa, league of my own, it don't get better No, read what I wrote, I'm a bestseller Yeah, reach for my goals, hit it dead center, hit it dead center Bullseye hit it the most, is no misses Something like fish in a barrel, it's no different Blindfold on me, I still got the most vision Trendsetter told them before, but they don't listen Better, better, bring a better bat because I'm bigger, better Solo, single, selling several shows at every single second Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers Connor came and crushed the competition, hope they get the message Look, living it fast, been in my eminent bag I never go slow, thinking I'll crash End up a thing in the past, they know I won't though Big fish catching me, they gon' need a bigger boat Ironic how the world stops when I spin a Globe. Always showing up. Last year's song still holding up. See the name now and they know what's up. Price hit the top and it's going up. I'm a trendsetter. League of my own, it don't get better. No, read what I wrote, I'm a bestseller. Yeah, reach for my goals, hit it dead center. Hit it dead center. Trendsetter. League of my own, it don't get better. No, read what I wrote, I'm a bestseller. Yeah, reach for my goals, hit it dead center. Hit it dead center. BOD, get the spell check, a fact check, and prevent errors going up. See the bent lever, jalapeno hot, y'all just red peppers. All y'all copy copies, but I'm left center. And your shorty glitching on me like a tech center. Hit it with a French tenor. Crazy, wait until I do the next record. I leave head severed, I don't need to hit the bench ever. But if I do, I'm PR into the next level. Condo flies to Luft Dancer. Already know who you people fans of. Call me Big Daddy and a Big Body Wrangler. Call me Big Daddy Adam Sandler. Bullseye, aiming for a cottage with a poolside. Full size. 
Always showing up Last year's song still holding up See the name now and they know what's up Price hit the top and it's going up I'm a trendsetter Whoa. League of my own, it don't get better No, read what I wrote, I'm a bestseller Yeah, reach for my goals, hit it dead center Hit it dead center Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time. So I'm going to leave now. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Bye bye. 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 Uh, I'm out of here. Bye. Bye 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 bye. And to other places. Bye-bye. 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 Bye, folks. Bye-bye, folks. That's it. Bye-bye. Wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 We're finished. We're finished. Goodbye, everybody. And that's the end. And everyone says, oh, that was fine.